Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, as always, Zach Clark, and with me, as always, is Nathan Gullia. Nate, how's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been, you know, it's a relatively slow news week for Magic. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, generally, uh, we tend to get better numbers when it's a bad news week for Magic. But uh, <laughs> right. um, everyone's mad. Yeah, everyone's everyone's upset. But. Uh, uh, yeah, this week it was a relatively slow news week for Magic, uh, so I think we should probably just get into talking about uh, what we got up to this week. Well, uh, yeah, I played a Grand Prix trial, Legacy Grand Prix trial, um, and uh, I finished 4-2. and two. I was the lowest. Uh, 12 points did make top 8, but not me. <laughs> I finished 12 out of 37 players. Um, do you want me to do it now, or do you want to go through your... your uh, league first yeah i'll talk about my league real fast and then we'll go back in because there's a little bit more to your uh to your tournament than there is to my my league so uh i'll I'll talk about my league real fast i played a league i went two and three which is pretty terrible obviously um the decks i saw uh i saw check pile twice um a lot of fatal push in in the current meta um it's very tough for for infect i'm still playing infect uh that's Mm -hmm. that's uh you know i played at I want to say four, three decks that were that were like fatal push decks, um, and and pushes. I don't know if it's because online it's just more of a thing, or like in, in real life I haven't seen that much uh, fatal push, but online I'm just seeing it a lot more often. Yeah, I I play two fatal push, one main, one sideboard in my Esper Stoneblade deck that I've been playing online. The card is really good though. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm not doubting its its uh, potency. So I played two check pile. Uh, I played a uh, a bug uh, like control list that got out. Uh, uh, oh, it wasn't actually bug control. It was it was mono black like sinkhole Liliana. Uh, oh, that's cool. Th- that's right. Yeah. So I played I played like shout out to Ski on that one. Uh, uh, that that guy. <laughs> Ski's they, our buddy who plays uh, who yeah, plays he, pox at every he, tournament and every format. Every format, every tournament. Uh, Does so, he play vintage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Chains of Metastopheles is so good in Vintage. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so this guy, um, I, I don't know who, who this was actually, but uh, he had he had a pretty high ranking up on the um, leaderboard for the league because he's already had two undefeated uh, uh, shots at this at this league. So I was probably just not, another notch in that guy's belt. Um, yeah. Then we had uh, Elves. Um, I, I lost to Elves. Uh, I lost to uh, the uh, one of the check pile decks. I lost to elves, and I lost to the bug deck. Um, I beat one check pile, and uh, my other win was at was when I was at zero and two. It was to a miracles deck that was not playing uh, Sensei's Divining Top and trying to sub in Portent, and uh, it was mono terrible. Yeah, I think I still I still feel like Terminus is like a defensible card. 
but I think trying to build around the miracles is probably asking a little bit too much without yeah. without top. Yeah, I mean both both games were pretty much just you know, I had a relatively slow start and I was still able to just destroy my opponent who had nothing that they could do against me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys keep at it. Are you are you planning to keep going with Infact? I don't know if you're coming yeah. out. Yes or not. Yeah, I still need to I, I need to invest a little bit more money. I only have two Force of Wills, so I've been playing two Force of Wills and a Blossoming Defense is like my third Force of Will, I guess. Um so I I need to make some tweaks to the deck, spend a couple bucks. I can afford to spend a couple more dollars to make sure that I'm not wasting money online. Um and and run like a a legit stock list. Uh I am running a ghost quarter instead of a, a wasteland, but I think that's defensible right now. Um it's not the worst as far as saving 40 bucks is concerned cuz what you're doing with that deck is just getting rid of your opponent's land that's screwing you up. It's not yeah, like right. a tempo play. Um I've been thinking more just about Ghost Quarter because there's more basics out there. Yeah. But, but again, um, like you hit their basic and they just get another basic as somebody they have. But yeah, exactly. You never know. People um, are smart though. Then uh, yeah, so that was that was it for me. I uh, that's all the magic I really got to play this week. I did happen to get my um, foil dazes, my invocation dazes, in, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, nice. So those those went directly into the real life. Uh, infect deck and uh yeah that was that was my week in magic it was relatively short i saw an invocation spell pierce in my uh in my tournament i really they're they're so interesting looking i understand why people don't like them but i also just kind of think they're cool to look at like if you sort of divorce yourself from the like this is a magic card thing and i think magic cards need to look a certain way yeah they're kind of cool all right so we had 37 players for a Legacy Grand Prix trial on Saturday at Paragon City Games in Draper, Utah. Mm -hmm. uh, they did a great, they ran a really solid, really uh, smooth tournament. Uh, I want to shout out uh, my friend Tony Kesaw, who head judged at the last minute when the other head judge couldn't make it. Um, he you know, did a great job um, keeping everyone on track, and there were no major flare-ups of any sort of saltiness, which was good. It's amazing. I played Grixis, I guess you could call it mid-range, you could call it control, whatever you're comfortable with. Um, I've been playing the Grixis thing in the ice deck, which I liked, but I felt that I really wanted to do well in this tournament, so I uh, I decided to play a deck with Deathrite Shaman. Well, I should say, I started my deck with Kolagon's Command. My The meta is a lot of Death and Taxes and Stoneblade, and I really wanted Kolagon's Command as sort of a way to just stabilize against those decks. My idea there was that, you know, against Death and Taxes, getting two of their cards is good. Like, anything you can two for one of them with is pretty good. You know, hitting Vile and Equipment. And against the Stoneforge decks, just being able to kill the Equipment is really good, so you can try and deal with True Name in another way. So that's why I wanted to start with those decks, or with those with that card, and then from there I was just deciding which black-red deck to play, and I just... I settled on Grixis because I didn't feel like Jund was really good enough against Combo. And uh, I didn't feel like Mardu was tested at all or had any idea what I was going to do. So and that's Black Red Reanimator is too slow or too fast to be playing Colgan's Command. Well, that that that, tr <laughs> that too, like, and that's how I ended up without playing Delver. Like, I didn't feel like Delver days, like, you know, less lands really fit in with my I want to play this three mana cost card a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly something to think about when you're building your deck is, like, if you're building it around a certain card, um, you know, Legacies get, gives people that option. You can be like, I want to play this card this week. I'm going to build I'm gonna build a deck with that card. 
but you need to make some concessions in deck building if you're going to build around a specific card. So, um, so the deck was pretty pretty stock. Uh, four Deathrite, three Snaps, two each of Baleful Strix and True Name, and a Tombstalker. Uh, Tombstalker was because I wanted some sort of real threat that couldn't be hit by Pyroblast or uh, like random minus one minus one effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the spell suite was pretty stock. Your blue cantrips and counter spells. You know, I had a couple J's, uh, three two split with Bolt and Fatal Push. Um, I had a GTA in the main deck because I expected more fair decks. Um, and I had one Diabolic Edict that will be important later. Um, so, but the rest of it was pretty standard mix of, you know, hand disruption and, you know, kill spells and counter spells. And then in the mana base, I played two islands in a swamp just I was really wanted to get my basics online. Uh, that like a handful of uh, duels and fetches and two wastelands just in case. Wastelands nice to have against you know cards like you know uh, Tabernacle or Maze of Myth, which do pop up from time to time. Yeah, I mean definitely guys... more online than than uh, than in paper right now. Yeah. Um, so sideboard had surgical extraction, flusterstorm, pyroblast, forked bolt. Uh, those were the ones that were more than one of, uh, I think three surgicals and two of the rest. Um, and then the rest was just some little utility pieces. I ended up playing a Croson grip, uh, even though I only had the one tropical Island. Cause I was just kind of like panicking that I might play against Aluren, which oh, is yeah. sort of a popular deck and yeah. like also one that gets lent out a lot. <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I could kill an Aluren. Yeah. Um, nothing like losing to somebody who doesn't play the format because they're borrowing a deck that you didn't prepare for. Right. So, uh, you know, 37 players uh, and get paired up round one. Table one, go on stream. My opponent is playing Turbo Depths. This is the green-black Turbo Depths deck. This player uh, is a solid player who's been playing this deck for a long time. This is the reason I had a Diabolic Edict in my deck. Um, I was like, oh, if I if I have off-chance play against... Uh, this guy's also named Tony. Uh, but if I play against Tony... And he's playing Turbo Depths. At least I have one Edict. So I did draw the Edict in my opening hand. And I'm like, this is great, right? Yeah, of course. So I get things going. I Edict his first Merit Lage. And he's down to one land. Then I then I get a Jace down. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I'm like, I'm fucking made in the shade. Here we go. I got a Snapcaster in my hand, a, a, a Diabolki in my graveyard. I'm Jacing him. Put a Dark Depths to the bottom. And I know he doesn't, I didn't think he had one. But then he rips one off the top, of course. Ugh. But I got, oh, I should, I should put this like, so I couldn't actually kill him with Jace because he hard cast an Oliver Spirit Guide in order to put a threat down. So he, like, I'm plussing Jace, but he just keeps attacking it back, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I've got to like yeah, yeah, win with some other card. So I'm trying to figure, so I think I got a true name or something online. Hit him with the Thought Seize, and he has Bojukabog in his hand. Now I'm like, oh, now I'm in trouble because if he bogs me, I lose this edict. So I was kind of like trying to look for a way to win and just get the game over with because I figured he would, he had time to set up, you know, bog into depths. But he actually put the depths first, which kind of threw me off because I wasn't really prepared for him to do that. Uh, the upshot was he made his merit lage again, but I, and I went to edict, snap edict it, but I forgot to kill his spirit guide. 
Oh, God. So he sacrificed the spirit guide, and I died meekly. And oh, at that yeah. point, I said, this is the first game of the tournament. I'm like, man, I really hope that doesn't cost me the tournament. And then I won game two. <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, so this is it. This is like my makeup game. If I can somehow pull this off on the draw, winning on the play is a lot easier against this deck than on the draw. Mm-hmm. Um just because, like, they're making land drops. <laughs> you need time to find your interaction. Yep. Because if they make a third land drop, it's over. Uh, I did not win game three. Oh, man. So, so okay. So now I've got this pun on my head, uh, in my head, and I go to round two, which is Esper Stoneblade. A deck I now know inside and out from playing yep. On, yep. online for, like, a month. Um, so, they were long, grindy games. I had my Kolagon's command plan going, Um he uh, he was playing True Name and not Lingering Souls, which turned out to be good for me um, because it was a little bit easier for me to manage um, True Name than it would have been to manage the Lingering Souls. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that's kind of counterintuitive, but like just kind of like hold up Pyroblast, Thought Seize it. You know, I had, I had like yeah, ways yeah, to beat it. Yeah, you've got ways around that. Um, he had drawn the first round, and then we went to turns again, and I won on turn five of turns by Jace bouncing my Snapcaster Mage and Snap Bolting him. I'll <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah, win's a win. Yep. So now I've got. So now it's I'm one and one. Go on to round three. It's Storm. Um, I lost uh, on the play, or I'm sorry, I lost uh, the pre sideboard game pretty easily. Um, then on in game two, I multi five, but my five was. Underground Sea, Fetchland, Deathrite, Flusterstorm, Snapcaster Mage, and I scried another Flusterstorm. So I let on Sea Deathrite. He like probes me and plays a Ponder. And then I drew a Flusterstorm. Uh, and he tried to, you know, hit it with hand disruption. He couldn't. Then he eventually realized I had a Flusterstorm in hand and snap Flusterstorm up. So. Yeah, I beat him on a multi five. <laughs> That's good. Uh, and then I lost game game three, but uh, I'll talk about Storm a little bit more later. Mm-hmm. I lost game three. I boarded, you know, I boarded a lot of stuff for Storm: Surgicals, Pyroblast, Foster Storm, all that stuff. The thing, the last thing that comes in is Forked Bolt over a regular Lightning Bolt. Um, I keep one bolt in, but I take two of them out and put a two Forked Bolt just in case they have goblins. You know, like okay. I don't have a good way to be. I don't want to bring an engineered plague against this deck. You're like, saying just in case they like emptied empty warrens. In case they have empty, yeah, like they have emptied the warrens. So I died. <laughs> I died in game three when he ad nauseum himself down to three, and I was holding a forked bolt with a untapped land. But at that point, I had drawn four lands in a row. Like so, I, I'm like, okay, this would have been better as a lightning bolt, but it also would have been better if any of these lands were like force of will, of course, <laughs> or yeah. spell pierce, you know? Yeah. Like those were all stuck in my deck, so I still. So that's why I'll talk about storm again later. I had to play it again later. I, um, I have to I have to interject uh, because uh, we have a different storm plan. So I almost never bring in my pyroblast when I'm playing it like a Delver deck against storm. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's a personal, uh, uh, pull for me. And it's mostly because I just want to make sure I've got blue cards in my hand for, for force of will. And I, I generally play like two spell pierce already. So I feel like my deck is good enough against those decks, but you're playing a more, uh, like control oriented as far as like creatures on the board, uh, Delver deck. So it might be, it might actually be smart for you to bring in Pyroblast. 
Yeah, I don't always like bringing Pyroblast. I just kind of did because I had so much removal in my deck mm-hmm. that like I didn't need it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I agree. I think um, I think that I think after talking it out, uh, I think that Pyroblast is definitely defensible there. It's also different because I think I have more blue creatures, like more blue threats than like a rug delver deck with eight green threats that you have to keep in so you get a clock. Yeah. I mean, like True Name is blue. Baleful Strix isn't much of a threat, but it's blue. Snapcaster Page is blue. So um, I think it's a little easier, but I, I totally agree. I, I just, the, for my deck particularly, like I don't need Umazawa's Jite. I might even, board, I think I might have boarded out Jace. I don't like having these big, like mana cards in my hand against these fast combo decks yeah like i know like you need a way to win but like really if you run them out of resources like snapcaster mage is probably good enough to go Mm -hmm. the distance i agree um anyway but that's a good point and you know there's i actually had a hydro blast on my sideboard too which i brought in um which is great for past the flames um so i had like blast all these ice age blasts right it's fun (laughs) <laughs> so I'm one and two, and I'm like, all right, should I just go home? But my Turbo Depths opponent was at table one, and he had just lost. So he was two and one. The guy I played in round two had won, so he was one, one, and one. And the guy I just played was two and one. So I'm like, you know, my opponents are five, three, and one. That's pretty good breakers. I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Uh, round four, I believe. Oh, round four was Maverick. This is my uh, my friend who plays Maverick. We talk often talk about whether or not you know we sh- more people should be playing it or not. Basically, what happened in this game in this match is that I won the die roll and was able to like find lands and stuff before he could like mana deny me into oblivion. Because like game two, I don't even think I played. I don't think I had a permanent on the board at the end. Oh, it was just like wasteland, wasteland, swords your guy, attack with like a ten ten knight or whatever he had. Oh, like, it didn't yeah. even matter. Uh, and then game three, I was on the play again, so I was able to sort of set up. Um, so two and two next is Omnitel. This is mono, essentially mono blue Omnitel with ancestral memories instead of dig through time. Oh, wow. 2015. Ancestral memories. Yeah. Seventh edition foil ancestral memories. This guy was committed to his craft. I mean, I would have preferred to see a Mirage non-foil one, but sure. You know, you, yeah, you do you. There are, there are no foil Mirage cards, unfortunately. He had, full, he had like, the deck was foiled out. Okay. Um, he did resolve a show and tell in game two, and the other games he did not. Uh, puts me to three and two. Round six is Storm again. Um, and basically, it goes the same way, except I won both sideboard games. Um, and that's so I won three out of four sideboard games against Storm, which makes me feel pretty good that. You know, like a lot of people are saying, like, without the clock of Delver, that you might not be able to beat these combo decks. And I said, sure, like, I'll take game one as a loss when I have, like, Umazawa's GTA in my deck. Then I'm going to board in, like, ten cards. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's fine. And I think it worked out pretty well. There was a really interesting point in the Storm matchup. He had, he had through, um, I don't know, he the vagaries of his deck, he had Island, Island, Bayou, Xantid Swarm in play. And I had a Baleful Strix and two lands. It was not looking good. Um, but I brainstormed into Forked Bolt, Wasteland, and a land. And I had the decision to make of Wasteland his Bayou, because I think I had Force of Will in my hand. Okay. And he only had two or three cards. Um, so I have Force of Will in my hand. I can Wasteland his Bayou, or I can Forked Bolt his Xantid Swarm. 
what would you do in that situation? Sorry to put you on the spot. Mm. I should have this before. No, no, uh, that's that's tough. Um, I I think uh, I think I wasteland him. Yep, that's what I did. Oh no, he had, <laughs> That seems like a bad he, idea. No, 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 I know, no, I won. Because, oh good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but yeah. Generally, so when won. you put me on this, it's like, nope. Here's what I did, and it was wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. I wastelanded him too. I I felt that he only had three cards in his hand. And if he and he had had no black source, right? Yeah. So in order for him to like win there, he needs to have exactly like land ritual ritual LED. Yeah. Like, or I'm sorry, land ritual ritual uh, infernal tutor, you know, or something like that, right? And the chances of him like with only three cards in his hand, drawing the perfect card and having all those cards, I felt was pretty low, and it gave me a chance to. Um, untap and Bork bolt his and it swarm and hold up force and i think fluster storm or something yeah she couldn't be i yeah, think i might have then or even seen a thought seize after i mean i might have thought he's on the next turn and his hand was like all mana no action anyway so yeah that's I, it's, it's tough because like you know you want to get rid of the xanthid swarm but so often uh when when the this deck is going off and it has xanthid swarm in play it's it's already missing a card <laughs> you know like that's a good point yeah, I just super like, super sweet but like sometimes you're just like yep i've got it in play and now i lose i felt like if he had something like discard spell like ritual discard spell infernal tutor or something mm-hmm. like it was letting him untap with the source of black mana was dangerous like i just felt like it was better he didn't have a ton of cards and you know he then he would not have a black source which is you know very important for storm yeah so yeah i'm glad i'm glad you agree with me on that i i uh i was wondering i mean it could have gone either way i did blow it by uh by x by putting the fork bolt and the wasteland in my hand and then making the decision instead of making the decision while i was resolving brainstorm oh yeah but uh it didn't i mean he didn't have a discard spell for the fork bolt like he could have had land discard spell then i would have been in trouble but uh (laughs) but you know I, I didn't think of it because I think I drew this cards and I was like immediately like I'm definitely wastelanding here. But then I realized that I could have also fork bolted him there and then sort of pondered over it for a while. There was a person watching the match uh, who said he could, you know, he said I would have fork bolted after the match. He said I would have fork bolted there. And I said I don't think either of them was wrong. Like he wasn't going to win no matter yeah, what I did. I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. If he didn't have it, he didn't have it, right? Yeah. So I just felt that the percentages of if I took out the black source, they were better. But so four and two, of course, everyone that I had said I had great breakers thanks to went on horrible skids. Turbo Depths die, Turbo Depths guy finished two and four. Uh, Stoneblade guy dropped at like one, two and one. So I came in twelfth, and you know I felt. I mean, twelfth is a, is is way better than coming in ninth. <laughs> I mean, it was essentially ninth, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like I dealt with my tilt okay. I was able to recover. I didn't make any major mistakes other than not hiding the forked bolt from duress in that last game. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's tough. You know, when you go on when you're on tilt. You know, I think a lot of people can relate to that. To then like it's only the first round. You got to get your head together and try and and uh, keep it going, right? Yeah. Um, but 
I, I, I felt pretty good. I, I actually liked the deck a lot more than I thought I would. I still don't know that I would play it in Las Vegas just because I'm not quite so sure how much, uh, how many like Stoneforge decks there will be. Um, there, w- there was a point where I was at a table and there was a, a Death in Texas mirror match on one side of me and another guy playing it on my right. And then a guy made top eight, and I wasn't at the top eight like track, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like there was enough death in taxes to justify, um, you know, making that decision to play this deck um, with basic lands and Kolagon's command instead of like Delver and no basic lands. Yeah. I don't feel like Delver is a good matchup for death in taxes, or the other way around. Yeah, I um, agree. I, I <laughs> the. You know the thing. The thing about you know this tournament is that had you been matched up differently, you probably would have been able to easily get into the top eight. Well, had I not had I not blown the first also game, also punting. Could've... You know that's the thing too. But you <laughs> yeah, know... and it's it's funny. So like I feel pretty good. Like I felt like I had a good plan against all the combo decks, and uh, and um, you know I was able to to win the games I expected, like against the Stone Forge deck. You know. Yeah. So. Um, I just uh, so okay. So I saw at least four Death and Taxes decks, and then there were two Stoneblade decks in the top eight, plus another one guy, the guy that I played. So you're talking seven out of thirty-seven Stoneforge Mystic decks at least. I think that I, I think that I'm, I'm glad I made that choice and not uh, something else. Yeah, because I, I think that was the right decision. So um, there's not a lot of testing time before Las Vegas, so this deck is definitely going to have to be in my back pocket, but. Um, you know, I wish I had a better result. The report, you know, was so close. So, and I didn't realize how close I was until the end either. Yeah. When I saw that twelve pointers made the top, I'm like, no. I mean, I'm skipping like, Vegas, but if I were to go to Vegas, I think I would really be thinking about playing a Hooting Mandrels like rug deck at this point, like something something along the line of push push proof. Um, I'm actually definitely consider thinking about playing that uh, tomorrow and seeing how it goes. Yeah, I just... feel like without, I feel like without miracles. I feel like without miracles to contend with. Like you have like your six flex slots and rug, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna play like four removal spells and two spell pierce. <laughs> you know, yeah, just to get yeah. the right. And then I, uh, I just I haven't decided about giving up on mongoose or not. Like I was considering playing a stock deck. Like I feel like it would be good. There's just so many greedy mana bases out there, you know. Yeah, I mean and... that's the thing is like between that, like it 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 really comes to down to me to like I would need more time to see if harsh mentor is amazing or not. But if if I got the time to test in and saw that it was not amazing, I would 100% be on that push proof deck that I was playing uh, a couple weeks ago because there's so many. Like check this deck can beat check pile as long as you can make sure that they don't get a Gurmog Angler down. You know, like if 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 that's the type of deck that they're playing, if they're playing the Gurmog Angler version of that deck, then yeah, that's going to be tough for you to deal with. But you have access to um, cards that kill Gurmog Angler. You know, and they're only running one or two at most. Um, you know that new blue uh, six five is 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 getting more tempting every every day. Yeah, I just. Uh... I mean, I think that Delver and Tarmogoyf are okay. Like, Fatal Push is a good card, and it's out there. Um, but, you know, I think I just think the raw efficiency is yeah. good right now, especially oh, if yeah. you're, like, if your plan is to, like, stifle people into Oblivion and Wasteland them because they're playing, like, four-color mana bases. Like, 
I just I can't decide whether I want to play Mongoose or whether I want to play like two Mandrills, two Click, or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like playing the Mongoose and then they just drop. Like there's more there's more Batter Skulls out there now, right? There are First a of lot all. more, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, there's also you know a lot of true names, which is just such a miserable card to face uh, when you have a hoodie when you have a Mongoose, at least a Mandrills and Click can get around it a little bit. I mean, how how bad is Smash the Smithereens right now? Like, it seems like a card that would be defensible to play, like, two of in your sideboard and just get people. Like, go on the full-on, like, now I'm turning the corner on Rug and playing, like, Rug Burn, basically. Yeah, I mean, Destructive Revelry, like, I mean, how many enchantments do you see? That's a Not thing, as that's many anymore, you know? Like, without... Counterbalance? Without counterbalance, counter a lot right? Of them, right? <laughs> yeah, without counterbalance, like, what What do you really have to worry about as far as enchantments are concerned? Playing against the odd, like, Enchantress deck? I'm not worried about it. If I lose to Enchantress, I lose to Enchantress. But, like, think about how many times that extra one point of damage will get you there. Not to mention, like, just blowing somebody out with a, with a Smash of Smithereens when they're coming in. You know, like it's <laughs> yeah. it's such a it's such a baller card to have at at the right time. Well, it, I mean, I guess it's sort of we should talk about sideboards offline because I think that's where it comes in, right? Yeah. Like, if, let's say we're we're gonna play rug again. We're gonna give this. We're gonna give rug a shot. Like, yes, deathright decks exist, but you like don't also have to deal with counterbalance, so you don't need to play like these awkward spell snares. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um. So, like, you just play more removal. If you have, like, six to eight removal spells in your main deck, like, that's probably enough to kill a turn one death right most times. And then you just play your game. If they don't have it, they don't have that card on turn one. It's not that scary, you know? Um, and then it gets to your sideboard. Like, are you playing a couple Harsh Mentor? Like, is your plan against D&T to bring in a couple Harsh Mentor, bring in a couple Smash of Smithereens, and then suddenly they're on their back foot the whole game? You know? Yeah. That's That's... That's where it comes in, right? Like, what do you expect? What do you think are the bad matchups that you need to, like, over-sideboard for? I don't think I could play Harsh Mentor in the main right now. No, I mean, um, I would definitely skip on Harsh Mentor Too much Mentor show and the tell. Main, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, there's too much, like, show and tell going on right now in, uh, yeah. in Utah, at least. But um, I'd like to give that deck a try. That means I'd have to find another Tropical Island. This Tropical Island's, like, practically translucent. <laughs> it's really beat up. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that deck up, because I was... I was definitely thinking the same thing. Like, I just think Forks Bolt is such an awesome card right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone's playing Baleful Strix and, like, Click and, like, Noble Hierarch. Like, just, it's all yeah. over the place. I mean, I, I, I've been getting blown out by Fork Bolt all, all week, and that's one of the things, like, this Checkpile deck, you know, has access to um, Fork Bolt, and they have access to um, what's called a Fatal Push. And all I'm thinking is, like, how do I just, like, run game on these bug decks and these check pile decks and i and i think personally speaking it's by playing that deck that i was that i was on where there's no no targets for abrupt decay or or, uh uh fatal push you know and and if they can't fork bolt any of my guys either like they're just stuck with a bunch of dead spells against me and that deck really needs you know to use its spells efficiently uh and not to mention the fact that like i can mana screw them out you know, if I if I can also kill their Deathrite Shamans, it's you know uh, their greedy mana base is it, it, it is a real detriment to their plan. If if I'm on a much more efficient Rug Delver deck, yeah, I I totally agree. I just it's a matter of like <laughs> I I just remember that deck feeling threat light. I forget what I did 
with it when I played it. I think it was three and one when I played it uh, at the tournament locally here, yeah. which is not bad. I mean, the deck is fine. I just think that there's a place to, uh, you know, flip some insects and. Uh... Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, look, Del- <laughs> Delver and Tarmogoyf are still great cards, and and I stand by them. And I think that you know, if I were to play play that version of the deck, I might cut a slot or two of of maybe Force of Will and Days for two harsh mentors just to like kind of be like here's some spice because yeah. people respecting your days in in rug delver goes a lot further than it does in other decks um and also uh the force of will situation against these like bug delver and check uh check pile decks uh tends to be sort of uh, you know like oh i have to force this it's the only counter spell i have i don't if i had anything else i would just cast it instead yeah um but losing two cards is often very, very bad against these decks. Oh yeah, going down two cards is misery against some of these decks. Um, like, but I just feel like if you don't let them get their like horrible mana base online, yeah, I mean, it feels bad. Like to play that four color mana base, it feels super bad. I did it because I did it in Louisville, and it felt terrible. <laughs> uh, like if, you, if it doesn't come together, you know. And, like, Stifle is just so good at stopping that. Mm-hmm. So uh, if it doesn't come together, it's just, like, misery. misery. There's so many times also... where Stifle's actually also good with when they're Deathrite Shamaning. You're just like, no, I'll Stifle that. And you're like, oh, I guess yeah. I can't cast my spell now. You know, like, it's an effective, tur- like, one-turn counterspell. That's all that you're looking for in a tempo deck is, like, to stop your opponent for one turn. I don't know if I can if I can if I'm brave enough to do harsh mentor main, but I mean harsh mentor with stifle. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. so good. And and like I harsh mean... mentor is so good against deathrite shaman. You know the card that's actually good against your rug delver deck is a lot of times deathrite shaman because he's just such a pain in the butt. Makes your tarmogoyf smaller. He makes he makes your uh, nimble mongoose is impossible. You know. Um, so, you know, being able to be like, just take two damage, just take two damage. They have to get rid of your harsh mentor. And that means that you have, he has less removal for your, uh, Delvers and for your Tarmor voice. I mean, yeah, I mean, you crack a couple fetch lands. That's like taking two bolts all of a sudden. Yeah. If you stifle one of them, oh, that's gotta be so brutal. I I don't know. I gotta get cavernous souls. I just want to put, I want to put harsh mentor and Thalia in the same deck. Like, (laughs) Just like, yeah, do whatever you want. You gotta crack two fetch lands to cast that brainstorm. And then like like Harsh Mentor, Thalia, and like Kambal console of allocation. Like just imagine <laughs> like, casting a brainstorm into that. Like yeah. oh. um, <laughs> so, Alright, so what happens? Well, you take four, I gain two, and that costs two. And then you crack <laughs> a fetch so that you get your crap off the top of your deck, right? I, I also have a uh I also have an even mind sensor, so Oh god. Nice deck. No terrible. Um, um Okay, so we should talk about uh, our, our Patreon promise. Uh, yep. To uh, to talk to uh, eventually once we once we get that hundred dollar mark, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Once we hit that hundred dollar mark, we are going to be uh, doing uh, eight different uh, episodes, one devoted to each of the top eight most played decks according to MTG Goldfish on uh in in legacy and uh if that list were created today nate what would it be number one grixis delver number two storm number three sultai delver number four sneak and show number five elves number six blue red assuming delver and number eight or number uh 
Seven, uh, four color control. This is a check pile. And number eight, the mono red sneak attack deck. So that's interesting because that means uh, four color loam and um, the black red reanimator decks have dropped off just slightly. You know, to be to be perfectly clear, mono red sneak attack, Eldrazi Stompy, and four color loam are all tied for eighth. And it's interesting; those are all three Chalice of the Void decks. Yep. And it seems like they're sort of vying for position right now. But yeah, Black Red Reanimator just uh, falls off. I mean, I'm sure that 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 falls off. People take out their graveyard hate, and then it comes back up. And then people yeah, add graveyard hate. It's a cyclical kind of thing, right? I mean, right now with Deathrite Shaman being so good, um, that that could have an impact on Black Red Reanimator's prevalence in the format. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's so fast. The deck and, is very and, fast. And collective brutality is so fucking brutal. Oh, I was so playing against brutal. them. Yeah, I was playing against them online with Esper uh, Stoneblade. I don't have Deathrite Shaman. I do have Meddling Mage. I had like a Meddling Mage on Entomb and uh, Faithless Looting. <laughs> so not only did the uh, not only did the collective brutality like kill my Meddling Mage on Entomb. He also pitched another guy to it, so when he had Exhum, I couldn't even pick it out with uh, Surgical Extraction. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but I did also have like this this another another situation where it was turn one, I was on the play, and I had Flusterstorm and Surgical. Mm-hmm. He played like Land, Lotus Petal, Collective Brutality. I Flusterstormed it. Like the Storm Trigger goes off around the um, around the Chancellor Trigger. Mm-hmm. And I just surgical what he dropped in the graveyard, so he didn't get to he didn't get to look at my hand, and I still got the thing in his graveyard. So it's swingy, like depending on if your opponent's prepared and draws a good opening seven, that can beat your opening seven. But yeah. collective brutality is a really good card in that deck. The one nice thing about about that, if you're a uh, Deathrite Shaman deck, is you generally have access to days right now, so that deck is slightly weak to days, um, but. It is faster than Deathrite Shaman, so that's that's a really important uh, note to bring up. I've, excuse me, I think if I play if I had this tournament to do over again, I would have played like the blue version of the Black Rider Animator deck, that just like is basically the same except instead of red cards, it runs blue cards. Mm-hmm. So you can have like a show and tell backup plan oh, instead yeah. of like Stronghold Gabbit online. That's still a little bit more than like if you don't have the cards like Underground Seas and. All that stuff is way more than Badlands, so yeah, uh, and it's true in paper as well. But you know, if you have it, like you know, there's the opportunity to do that. But you don't really play like all the you don't play all the blue goodies as much. But you do get that show and tell backup plan, which is nice. When... Show and tell's always good, man. Yeah, as long as they don't have uh, omniscience and then win the game. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, yeah, please uh, check us out on Patreon, and um, I would love to do these deck texts. Uh, and, and talk about them. Uh, I love getting this stuff. And please uh, also check out the Legacy Premier League. We've had the ability to do commentary for them a couple weeks in a row. Yeah. So that twice, be- twice in two weeks, we've had a a less than five minute match. So if you want to see Nate and I uh, fumble over our uh, expertise in the format uh, live, it's always a blast. Right, and it's it's so funny too because it's like. You know, you trying we're trying to do a good job on commentary. We played with Elves versus Manalist Dredge. And I'm like, well, you know, Manalist Dredge, they have a chance. And then the Elves player just has like turn one guy, turn two guy guy, turn three, cradle, natural order both. Yeah, chains. it was that was like <laughs> the only way I the, the only thing I can think of that equates to that is like that's that's the that's the you done you trash 
of the format, like one, two, three, out, you know, like it was just so <laughs> fast both times. I mean, I've never seen L's draws like that against yeah. on a Moda six on a Moda six, man. That was ridiculous. I guess you vault till you find natural order, right? Because the game's just over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sounds good, man. Anything else? I think that's it for this week. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, guys. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Stop, stop, animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our good. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. All right. Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> <laughs>